You're listening to the Canes Country Podcast with Brett Finger, Justin Lape, and Kyle Morton. Podcast, Canes Country Podcast. Welcome back. Um, Canes season isn't going very well. Uh, it's going down the drain pretty quick. But that's all right, because we're here. And that's all that matters. Uh, it's another fun week. We have all three this week. And uh, we have Justin Lape and Kyle Morton. Justin, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Um, I had a lot of hot takes last week. Um, and I'm going to start off this podcast with an extremely hot take. I think that the Carolina Hurricanes made a big mistake by relocating to Raleigh. And here is why. I believe they should have relocated to Charlotte. I think the city has its act together, unlike Raleigh. And I believe that it would be a better market for it. It will never happen. But just hear me out. I think that Charlotte would be a better fit. Well, now that you're bringing it up, maybe it will happen. Yeah, that lease, right? That lease we're totally going to get out of and head to Quebec <laughs> City with the new owner. They're paying like but, $7 a year to play there. Oh, it's yeah. Pretty, it's a pretty good deal, I hear. They're earning about $7 because, mm. <laughs> you know, fans and stuff. So They're breaking yeah. even on that one. Right. Breaking PNC even. Arena is a cheaper place for the Hurricanes to play than a studio apartment in New York or L.A. is to live. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet the math. I bet the math would actually back that up. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, welcome back, Kyle. How was your week? It's been good. It's been good. Um, the Canes have been doing well, except for last night. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's been good to see. Uh, I actually, I got to go to the game a game for the first time in a while. I was at the Ottawa game. That was fun. Fogel scoring. Zekov scoring. Yeah, good. Good fun wins. Wins are fun, especially when they don't matter. Yeah, especially late in the season, like it's normal. It is. We are recording on March 28th, and it feels like we're actually just stuck in like an endless, like, like Groundhog Day type thing, where it just seems like every year. Bill Murray. The Canes are like a vine. They just, just go over and over it. again. Yeah, they're like your least favorite vine, but you're forced you to watch them over and over. Same thing over and over again. <laughs> yeah, and you go crazy the longer you watch it. Stuff like that, yeah. What's your What's your favorite vine? Oh, that's a tough one. There's a lot. Like, there's a. I I miss vine. I know it was like not profitable, but <laughs> well, nothing's fun. profitable. There's not yeah. nothing's profitable. Twitter loses a billion dollars a year. Netflix loses a billion dollars a year. I lose I mean, a billion dollars a year. Yeah, yeah. Am- kind of... Amazon is profitable. That's about it. Yeah, Amazon all yeah. the money. It's the only profitable company in the world, according to research. Speaking of which, (laughs) speaking of Amazon, I have have a take to match Justin. If Charlotte is so great, then why is Raleigh on the list to get Amazon HQ2, but Charlotte isn't? Because we didn't offer enough incentives. RDU and the Research Triangle Park. I don't know. It's a good place for recruitment. Did you say mm-hmm. Amazon HB2 or HQ2? No. <laughs> HQ2. Oh. All right, all right. All right. Moving on. Speaking on the topic of Charlotte, today a prospective Panthers owner is touring. Guys, who do you want the Panthers' new owner to be? P. Diddy. Peter Carmanos. Did we just make the same joke at the same time? I said P. Diddy. He oh, said P. Diddy. He didn't say P. D. K. I heard you said P, and I, I was like, Peter Carmanos. Uh, no, I want P. Uh, 
Um, the f- Michigan or wherever, CompuWare or whatever Compuware. it is. <laughs> CompuWare? Is it still profitable, do you think? Probably not. The CompuLine nope. Panthers. Oh. <laughs> CompuLine Panthers. <laughs> that have been the Hurricanes. Oh my gosh. But yes, on the topic of Charlotte, uh, we got some pretty good contributions from Valentin Zikoff and Warren Fogel recently. Um, they had a three-game win streak going, and then they decided to stink it up against New Jersey um, late in the game. They kept it together for a while. They weren't very um, good early in the game either. What did you guys think? They weren't good. Out? They were lucky to be in it. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, what Fogel you... scored, though. So good Again, for him. yeah, it's like it's crazy how like good goal scorers score in the NHL, too, when they uh, are given the opportunity to play in the NHL. It's kind of weird. Do you think it's safe to say that he's going to be the next Jamie Ben? Yes. I mean, big, big left-handed power forward drafted mm-hmm. in the middle rounds. Yep, I see no difference. He's a point goal per game player in the NHL. A goal per game player. He's a goal per game player. Uh-huh. <laughs> the sarcasm like is ben. not appreciated. I'm not being sarcastic. <laughs> he will be. This is serious ben. analysis. He has to get rid of the visor, but NHL rules won't allow that because yeah. uh, he hasn't been in the league yet. So. Ever since they started banning visor or banning no visors, um, he can't not have a visor. So no, he can't be Jamie Ben. Sorry, that's unfortunate. Um, isn't um, isn't it true that he's the first player since relocation to score back to back goals yes. in his like rookie year? Person since like the I 80s. thought it was Brad. I thought Brad DePaul did it. I, I thought uh, I saw that it was the first time since like the eighties that somebody. The eighties, yeah. So first it's congratulations. Congrats, Fogel. Fogel. It's good for you. Where where are you, Steven Lorenz? What are you doing? <laughs> he, he's in Florida. Yeah, exactly. The East Coast <laughs> Hockey League. <laughs> um, but yeah, what have you guys seen from those two players um that you like and I mean, are they gonna be part of this team next year? I think they should be, probably. Um you know, Zekoff has played well with Aho and Tara Vinen. I think, uh, you know, outside of them, you know, doing what they have been doing all year uh, in Charlotte, which is scoring goals, um, really, it, it seems like they're kind of bringing energy to the rest of the team as well, whether that's just about bringing in new blood and young guys into the fold and that wearing off on others, or people are, you know, afraid of losing their jobs. Uh, to, to guys like these because they see him come up and play so well. Um, I mean, Phil DiGiuseppe is a guy who uh, was more or less uh, invisible for the entire year. And then ever since uh, Zekov has come up, he has played very well. He has six points in his last four games. And he had, what, uh, four points all year before that or something like that. So, uh, you know, it's it's good to see... You know, hopefully that that energy kind of wearing off on everybody else, and you know, it kind of you know lets the organization know that they have they have some players down there heading into next year because I think their goal probably is to be a really good team next year. Um, I think some of these Charlotte guys can be a part of it, and that includes Fogel and Zekov. So it's good to see that from them. I have a thought, real quick. Yes. Okay. So, I mean, this is entirely too early, but. The Canes next year. Mm-hmm. How about how about this roster? Okay, your first line, 
This is gonna this is gonna sound takey at first, but your first line. Aho Natchez Teravinen. That's okay. not the first line because Natchez is centering it. It's the first line because it's Aho and Teravinen. Mm-hmm. Second okay. line. Fogel Stahl Zikov. That is a that is a big man line. <clears throat> Third line. Yeah. Skinner Lindholm X. Well, that's the spot to fill. JVR. Fourth line, <laughs> McGinn, Walmart, Williams. Wow. That's but deep. Then, that's deep, isn't that, it? I don't know. That's sticking with the same roster that got you to where you are now. Well, yeah, oh, but you're taking out Rask, which is pretty much, I mean. What did you just trade Rask for? I don't know. I mean, maybe, <laughs> you could, maybe it could be Skinner, Rask, Lindholm as the third line <laughs> if you bet on a bounce back for Rask. Um, I mean, it's not really the same roster because Fogel, Zikov, and Walmart are on it full-time and it has Natchez in. I mean, yeah, I'm sure they're going to want to make a trade, but if Natchez can come and be competent with his skill set, I mean, that's that's deep. That's a deep forward group. McGinn, McGinn, Walmart, Williams as a fourth line is feasible with the players in the organization with one piece added. But... It also, yeah, I, I think that's a, I mean, that is a suitable lineup for sure. But I think that also would have to be with a coach that believes in young players. And is that Bill Peters? Oh, it, yeah, it would. I'm, I mean, I'm not saying that this is a realistic possibility. I'm just saying yeah. that this is what we have in the organization right now that, you know, if Natchez is what he appears to be right now and, you know, yeah, he looks yeah, like a yeah, I mean, really good bet for next year, uh, in some capacity. Whether that's a as a as a center, um, who knows? Maybe he has a start in the wing and and move to the middle. And also maybe Aho uh, will be ready to play center next year. So that kind of makes yeah. it another thing. Maybe Zekov Aho Teravinen works again next year. Yeah, and the thing the thing about that lineup I just proposed: no Nordstrom, no Stepniak, no Rask, no Ryan. So it's automatically, and I think those are the four guys that you know you could uh, beyond Kruger that you could point at this year and say you know those are the guys that are holding this team back offensively the most. And three of the four are free agents. Uh, yeah, Stepniak and Ryan, I think are are you are well they are UFAs and they should be gone. Yes, uh, and then Nordstrom's an RFA, so that worries me as to you know maybe he might be back. Um, I don't know. And uh, and Rask, I mean, that's a tough contract to get rid of, but I hope they find a way to do it because unless they plan on using him um, and transitioning him to, like, the wing and just having him, you know, be an offensive wing, like, in the middle six, um, I don't really see him being a center because he can't play defense or chooses not to play defense. So I have a take. I don't think that contract is as bad as people make it out to be. It's I don't. Mil for, I think the, the, I see the, the cap isn't bad, that. but it's so long. It's like six years. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. One off year, I, I don't think I'll, I'll throw him out to the wolves yet. I don't well, know. He was I, bad I think sixteen, seventeen in the second half of like the entire second half because like, he was really bad the second half, and everybody was hoping that he'd bounce back, and then he just got worse or stayed just as bad. I don't know. It's tough. Yeah, I, get, I don't know. It's just the yeah, the length may be an issue, but I think that's the price you pay for twenty goals a year. I don't know. 
don't know. Yeah, I mean, even in like the worst imaginable year he's having, you know, he's still he still he's put still up fifteen goals, or like a, a seventeen goal pace, mm-hmm. thirty five point pace. I mean, that's not good at all. But they're not the play. Like he's not the player that they expected him to be. But maybe he can be something else and still be useful to the team. He had forty five points last year, shooting below his career shooting percentage. Most of those came in the first half. Too. Yeah, for sure. Like he was no, like, I'm not he had like thirty that. points in fifty games or something. So he was doing really well, and then he just really fell off. And you know, I still think he. I don't know. Maybe maybe the shoulder thing's been an issue. I I don't know, but you know, he's missing the rest of the year with that shoulder injury, like Brett Pesci is. Maybe that has something to do with it. Um, I don't know. He kind of reminds me of a Mikhail Backlund in a little bit. Where they expected him to be more, but he's not. But he's not absolutely terrible either. Well, Backlund's a good two-way player, and he's a Backlund's really good, like a solid Corsi center. god. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I'd say give him another year until you think about starting to move him. You know, I don't know. I think I think that you works. Can be, out. You can be a playoff team with Victor Rask on your third line playing the win. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. That's a good three C right there. I don't know. Yeah, but if you're expecting him to be your number one guy, he's not it. Yeah, he's not a top six center. I don't think. No, at not least at not all. right now. Definitely not. Yeah, but going back to uh, you know the the depth of the organization in the 2015-16 season, the the issue was in Charlotte was that there wasn't enough forward depth, and now it's much. almost as if like <laughs> guys won't even get a chance. Yeah. Um, I mean, Julian Gauthier has had a Iffy season. I mean, he's hurt, been hurt a little bit. I mean, it's it's it hasn't been the greatest rookie pro year for him. Uh, Walmart is a guy that I think is just gonna. They're either gonna have to move him or make the decision to bring him up and leave him up, um, because he's too good to be down there, and he would be he would be a valuable trade asset. I'm not saying you'd ship him away to get your one C, um, <laughs> but he yeah he's he's a very solid forward and. Sorella, I mean, he's still playing well. Nicholas Waugh. Um, I don't know. I, I think that now this offseason is even more crucial because you have to decide what to do with all that young talent down there. That's potentially a lot of trade assets, depending on what they want to do. Um, Walmart's interesting for me because it feels like he he's outplayed the AHL, but I don't know how like ready he is to be in the NHL. Um like I feel like his ceiling is like a three four C, um, like responsible two way game. I don't know if he's ready for that now. I don't know if that's why like they've been hesitant about bringing him up and keeping him up. But uh, you know, it feels like he's really dominating the AHL, and he's probably ready to get an extended look. You know, like a like ten to fifteen games consecutively in the NHL. I hope he gets that chance um, at some point. It kind of reminds me of like a, a Peter Holland type of from a few years ago, back when I don't know. That's I don't know why that's the player I came up with, like Jacob Josephson, guys like that. Just mm-hmm. those tweeners who are like too good for the AHL, and then they don't quite have the right, you know, skill set or skill level to stick in the NHL. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see what they do with them because they're not lacking for options at center, really. Um, yeah, they have a lot. Given that Aho and Lindholm. You know, they drafted them to be centers. Whether or not that actually happens, who's to say? But um, 
Yeah, I don't know. The Canes added another prospect. They signed Jeremy Helvig to his entry-level contract. Uh, he was their 2016 fifth-round pick, and he plays for the Kingston Frontenacs. Mm-hmm. Um, he is probably going to compete for the backup spot in Charlotte next year. Um, Nedeljkovic has proven that he's at least a number one at, at the AHL level right now. Um, leads the league in wins. Um, has gotten his save percentage stabilized. That was the number one issue I've always said about him. He was really low. Um, Does he really lead the league in wins? Yeah. He leads the league in wins. He has 32. The next goalie has 29, I believe. Jeremy so, yeah, Smith he, was uh, not very good. Jeremy Smith was not very good, and then Jeremy Smith got hurt. Uh, but another thing was he kind of got the darling treatment a little bit because there was games where he would play ridiculously well, play, get like 36 saves, and then someone would give a stupid turnover and they'd score an overtime winner. I mean, it, he had the worst is, luck, is too. Is Jeremy Smith making $4 million as well? Mm, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Look, I'm not defending Scott Darling. I know, I know. I'm just kidding. But, I'm just kidding. Yeah, um, it looks like Helvig and Booth will probably compete for that backup role. Um, Booth has been in the ECHL. Um, and, yeah, Helvig will probably get his shot. Don't know if he's... Legit goalie prospect yet. Again, they're too hard to predict at this point. But um, Speaking of yeah. leading in wins, Helvig has the Kingston OHL, uh, or the Kingston Frontenacs win record, 81 wins. So that's good. A couple of years that's ago, he had like a crazy, uh, he had like a 930-ish save percentage in the OHL in like 30 games played, something wild like that. Um, I think he had 916 this year, but I also think he was an overager. So, you know, hopefully, you know, for for them, I think you're kind of hoping that one of Booth, Helvig, or Nedeljkovic can can make it as an NHL goalie. Um, Wait a minute, is it is it overager? Overager. I always thought it was overager. Like I, age over. <laughs> I, My mind is blown right how now. You lagged. <laughs> Kyle, 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 Kyle. I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying anything. Kyle. Okay. I was just saying, yeah, you, you either there was a lag there or something. No, I, I, heard, yeah. him, I heard him well, so I can keep that in because that was kind of funny. So then I just talked over him? That's great. <laughs> yeah, you were like, Kyle, 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 Kyle. Kyle, Kyle, Kyle. Kyle, like, Kyle. it's overager. Gosh. Yeah, it's overager. I really thought it was overager. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense because you can only have like what you can only have so many guys that are 20 or over yeah. so that's like technically an overage yeah but those players are also overaged oh man because what like because like when you when someone's underage they're underage so wouldn't it make sense that if you were over an age overage you mean underager underager um who knows? But the the depth of the organization right now, um, in those middle rounds, is something that you thought about recently, Brett. You brought up Ron Francis's legacy. Oh yeah. And his misses at in the first round, um, but his his nailed it in the later rounds. <laughs> his nailed it. Speak more on that. Yes. Oh, you want me to speak more? Yeah. Um. You know, it's kind of interesting because. Francis gets a lot of heat for for his drafting, but really when you look at it, it's really just the first round that's given him fits, I guess you can say. Starting in 2014, 
You have Hayden Flurry over Nylander and Ehlers, which is bad. And that doesn't look very good right now. Hopefully Flurry pans out, but right now that doesn't look good at all. Uh, then you have 2015, you have Hannafin. That time will tell with that. Hannafin has really high upside, I think, still. He was an all-star this year. I mean, shoot. Um, but it doesn't look good that Wierenski and Provorov are playing the way they are. Um, they've seemingly passed Hannafin in their developments. Um, but granted, they play probably for better teams. So I guess we'll see about that. 2016, Bean and Gauthier. Uh, we'll see. Uh, that Taking Bean there was, from the start, you know, a pretty interesting one. Um, and then Gauthier had a rough year uh, in, in Charlotte this year, so hopefully he turns that around. And then 2017, Nate just looks really good. But, you know, that's potentially not a very good-looking first-round resume for Francis. But but after that, you have, you know, Ajo, Fogel. Uh, they, he even traded uh, Versteeg for Zekov, so that looks like a, it, it could be a win for, for Carolina. Um, guys like Walmark later in the draft. Uh, Stelio Mateos was later in the draft. He's in the WHL right now. Um, he's playing really, really well. Um, you know, hit the depth picks in the draft, I think, are looking pretty good, and I think it's going to be, you know, all about, you know, if, if those guys pan out and his drafts look a lot better, um, maybe we'll look back on this Francis era as as being better than we think it is right now. Maybe the patience he preached was was right, but I just think that, you know, with that owner coming in, Tom Dundon, it was just kind of enough is enough, I guess, for him. But I think there's a lot of potential for his draft picks um, to look really, really good, and hopefully uh, Flurry will pan out too. But with that in mind, the Canes are still searching for their new GM. Mm-hmm. Um, some some rumors out there, especially from Elliot Friedman, pretty reliable source, I guess. I guess. I mean, he knows uh, some people, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Um, but he, they he says that the rumored salary is low, which is three hundred and fifty thousand. Seven twenty five an hour. Five hundred thousand. Um, Kyle, would you take that salary? <laughs> I would, yeah. I'd absolutely do that job. Have they interviewed you yet? Because it sounds like they're looking... It doesn't sound like a lot of people want that job. Look, I mean, if it comes to it, like, I'd do it. Would you still do this podcast if you got hired to be general manager? I think I would have to. I mean, I I would be the general manager of the people, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, yeah, I'd I'd take the... we are going to make that into a meme after this. We're going to get a headshot of you, general manager of the people, Kyle Morton for Kane's GM. I'm going to would you, work um, some Photoshop magic for that. Would you give us inside scoops on trade talks and whatnot? <laughs> I, w- I would have other GMs on the pod. Yeah, to... And talk and just, no, you negotiate, <laughs> negotiate your trades on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'd love perfect. to hear a conversation get, between get you and on this. Yeah, Peter Shirelli. Just, just him. Just I bet you would fleece him on the podcast. An experienced GM, it'd be great. We ha- we yeah. could hear his reasoning, just like that uh, tape has been leaked about his the Sagan trade. Oh, that's so fun to watch. That wasn't oh, leaked, so dude. That was from the Bruins TV show they did. Oh, why would they, you ever they say publish that? that? Why would they? they <laughs> Wars trade, and they're like, all right, let's let's show everybody how stupid we are. He's not. He's like, not big enough or physical enough. Yeah. Okay. 
let's get he's like, Erickson come uh, exactly <laughs> he's like i don't know maybe a second <laughs> like <laughs> are you kidding me yeah Shirelli, he's yeah. just like yeah I, I don't think he has the character to fit in i'm like oh my god this is such cringeworthy but does he fit the culture oh, do it for gosh. the culture oh. he's going to be a star wherever we trade him <laughs> yeah exactly. so maybe not trade him i don't know maybe not trade him that was the that was another good line oh my gosh yeah tough stuff tough stuff yeah. but um yeah so they said that the uh search is not stopped actually they're just Who's doing it more. i missed that friedman is um yeah he was saying of, that yeah the, the search is still on. It says it's so the not... search, they're not... Like, it was reported that they're pausing a- the Apparently, they, they didn't like that all of it was so public, so they're, they said that they kind of stopped, but they're secretly still kind of doing it. Was Fort Knox Francis Fort releasing Francis this stuff, right? you think? It's kind of like... Yeah. <laughs> getting back at the oh. org. It was weird. It was weird that the Canes were getting so much press in, like, the yeah. international hockey media. I mean, I say international, I mean Canada. Yeah. But, like... It was just it's we're not used to that, yeah. and now it's like it's like the team's gonna be like a reality TV type team with the way the Dundon era is going so far. Yeah, yeah I like it. Very, All for yeah. it. He's very he's different. He's really different than, um, well, especially Peter Carmanis because you never saw him and he never said anything. Um, I don't know. It's kind of like having a, you know, kind of like having an NBA owner. You know, he very much respects and looks at what Mark Cuban does for the Mavericks. And I think he, you know, he's a different kind of guy. He wants to interact with players and all that. And even Friedman said that uh, Francis or Francis didn't like the fact that Tom Dundon wanted to talk directly to Bill Peters when he had questions. So he's very hands-on. He wants to, you know, do that kind of stuff. And that's pretty not like anything the NHL currently has. What if they just hire Peters to be GM coach? Oh, God. I mean, apparently Peters doesn't have any problem going reporting directly to Dundon, if this is the case. So, I mean... Oh. And then, so, and then he, could, he could throw himself under the bus in oh, his yeah. press conferences. He says, oh, the, the front <laughs> office hasn't given me the yeah. players I need. Yeah, I didn't give myself the players I needed. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll have to talk to myself at home. You know, later. ask me those questions at the GM press conference. I'm we'll, the head we'll coach right conversations. now. We'll have those conversations. Yeah, um, <laughs> we'll have those conversations. This Just is the head coach press conference. The GM um, press conference is next week. You can ask me those questions then. It would be great. Um, but yeah, I, I wonder what they're going to do there. I want uh, one thing I wonder. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll propose this question to y'all here. Over under 40% chance that Mike Vellucci is either Kane's head coach or GM next season. He has a under resume. Four. He has a resume that kind of makes him a candidate for both jobs. Under 40. I mean, 40. It's, it's, it's likely, but I would say under 40. I, uh, I'll put it under 40 as well. Uh, I like Vellucci a lot. He's very friendly. He's good with the media. Um, nice guy, but yeah, I think they're going bigger picture. Okay. Like, do you think they're going to bring in like a bigger name for GM? Oh, they're going to bring in Yarmo Kekalainen, the biggest oh, name yes. available. Yes. <laughs> Jim Benning. How Jim are you ben- doing today? No, no, no. Sir. Literally the biggest name. 
Yeah, it's... Oh, uh, my gosh. How many letters <laughs> is that? That's a lot of letters. <laughs> That's, like, it has to be at least 15. The armor, uh, no, it has to be, like, 22 at least. The armor Kekalainen? <laughs> there's a lot... Kekalainen is fast to say, but there's a lot of letters in it. Lots of syllables that she's on. A lot of extra A's and E's. Did you guys read 30 thoughts, 31 thoughts today? No. Um, no, I didn't. Okay, so one of the ideas that Friedman tossed around in the opener that's been discussed, um, I think it was brought brought up by Chicago's president, um, is the idea of instead of having healthy scratches, you have substitutions. So, like, you get 18 skaters and two goalies active every game, but instead of your healthy scratches being healthy scratches, they're dressed, and you can substitute them in, like, as specialists. And then... Whoever you take out, um, they can't come back for the game. Like it's a per- like okay. So say Skinner gets hurt, you would have you'd be able to bring DiGiuseppe in. Or say we're trying to hold a lead late, you'd take Skinner out and put Nordstrom in in theory or whatever. So you'd have like specialists. Ooh. Like, so it's kind of like soccer. It's so kind of like soccer, kind of like baseball with a bullpen a little bit. I like that. I think well, I think there's a way for them to do that. That would be kind of interesting. Um, I think it's cool. I think it's a cool idea. I like the idea of specialists. Um, and especially when it's like yeah. when you're up by like five goals mm-hmm. or down by five goals. Yeah, you like could you don't like need Skinner in there. Give a prospect some time, save, save a guy from injury. Yeah. Yeah, I could get I could get with that. If, if that means that Joakim Nordstrom doesn't have to play as much, then I'd love that, actually. I think it's probably the best idea ever. I think it could make roles for like a guy like Sergei Tolchinsky in the NHL. Like if you're if you're down a goal late or you want uh, a shootout guy that you don't want to play the whole game, you don't trust him enough to play the whole game. Or like uh, I mean I don't know, it makes coaching more of a challenge too. It adds. Yeah, you, you, know. you see. Yeah, I think the good coaches would kind of shine in that. Yeah. With those substitutions, oh. that's an interesting idea. Was there anything about was there anything like specifically about the hurricanes in thirty one thoughts? Yes. Bill Peters, it is rumored, has an out in his contract after this year that Friedman says would take uh he'd have to activate it within a week. So it might not come down to the hurricanes wanting to bring Peters back. Peters could decide he doesn't want to be here anymore. Uh, do you do you think he'd do that? It no. depends on the market for him because he's probably going to coach Canada again at the Worlds. Yeah, probably. So I'm Man. sure there's some teams out there who see him as a potentially good coach. I think. And, I, know, I mean, I think he's a potentially good coach. Yeah, like, I do too. Like, even though this kind of, or gone down a bad road, um, I think he's a good coach. I think he has a it good could system. Have gone differently. I, yeah, I just think I think that his message at some point along the line of four years of losing um, kind of got lost in the mix, I guess. Yeah. And I, I don't blame him for that. I don't really blame the players for that, but I think that calls for a change of, you know, coach in that situation. That doesn't mean that the coach is bad. It just means that it didn't work out. I think that I, I don't see Bill Peters opting out. That's interesting that he has that clause. I didn't know that existed. Um, I don't see him opting out. If anything, he would have to be fired. But I don't think... The thing... This is what makes the GM search so tricky, too. Because there's not going to be a GM that's just going to come in, trade Justin Falk, fire Bill Peters. There's just not anybody that's going to do that. 
you know how conservative of a league the NHL is, and they make these very particular moves. I don't know. I, I don't see Bill Peters going anywhere. Um, but, yeah, good for him if he coaches the world. But with that in mind, the general manager search and all that stuff, uh, they're going to be stuck with some decisions. So Brett compiled a list of keep or cut. I guess this is oh, a yeah. gamer. Uh, we got NHL UFAs, AHL UFAs, NHL RFAs, and AHL RFAs. Um, there's some tough choices to make, but uh, one AHL RFA that's off the list now is Sergei Tolchinsky. He is headed to Russia to play with CSK Moscow. Uh, good for him. We wish him the best. Uh, he was never supposed to be a big project, or he was never supposed to be a big prospect. Uh, and, I mean... He turned out all right. He played played well at the HL level, but good for him getting a pro uh, contract over too. And we will never forget that in between the goal, or in between his legs goal. Yes. I don't know. The only got, reason he yeah. got signed, I'm pretty sure. He scored that goal. I'm pretty sure. He's like, all right, sign him. And then, <laughs> and then he did it in prospect camp, and they're like, okay, he did it again. All right, all right, yep. give, him, give him a lot. He'll, yeah. he'll do it in but, the NHL um, one day. Exactly. One day, one day. Um, But... On the NHL UFAs, we got Derek Ryan, Lee Stempniak, and Cam Ward. Who do you guys got? Are they any of them keep? Are they all cut? What do you got? Uh, all cut. All cut. cut. All three, huh? We, we wow. talked about this a little bit last week, but um, I'd like to hear what you have to say about it too, Kyle. Um, when, when, when Don Waddell was talking about uh, like the goalie situation for next year. Of course, nothing he says is final because he's not the GM, but he said that they're definitely going to bring in a third goalie, which which means that... And then he also said that Cam Ward has a spot here if he wants to come back. Um, how do they do that? Like, like, I don't know if he's just being diplomatic and he's just saying uh, what he has to say when it comes to Ward. I wonder if there's like a plan in place with Cam Ward. Maybe I, I'm hoping that he retires, honestly, and they can give him some job upstairs, some BS job title for him to stay in the organization. It's a fun story, um, and then they bring in another guy for Darling. But what what do you want to happen there, Kyle? I think I think you're looking at the wrong spot to find the dip, diplomatic speaking there. Um, I don't take I don't buy it when he says they're definitely going to bring back Darling. Um, I think they might bring back Darling. I get the sense that really, Dundon, okay. yeah. I I think they I I don't think I think he might have just been paying lip service to that. Um, I mean I would like That's to see Darling back to get that. a second year, but I think he might have just been completely lying there. The honestly. way he phrased some of it though, like I feel I felt like he was like really specific about the Darling stuff. He was like. Yeah, um, he didn't come into camp as good as shape, and he's like, we have four, we have four years uh, dedicated to him, committed to him, so we have to. And he's like, he's going to be back. I don't know. I That's I just tough. think, like, I mean, have to buy him out, right? Yeah, I mean, probably, but I think I don't know. I I, I get the sense that there's an organizational um, anger at Darling that really. Um, I don't know that that may result in not wanting him back, um, and I, I think the new GM may see it that way too. Um, I mean, personally, I, I think you know it's been an awful year for him, but I think just I, I do agree with what Waldell was saying that 
you know, you don't want to throw away a four-year goalie contract because of one bad year, especially when everything else in his uh, statistical profile before this year was so so strong. Because um, yeah, like, no one I mean, expected this to happen. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised to see Ward and some other guy in a tandem next year. Like, I like. I mean, I think it's po- possible and even likely that they bring Darling back, but I don't think it's a sure thing. I think whatever. The, I think because they can't have three NHL goalies because if they bring, if they have three goalies. That means you're. The Islanders did it last year for a but, little bit. Yeah, but like, I think it's very rare when that works out well. So like, it, like they have three NHL goalies on NHL contracts, um, and then you have Booth, Nedeljkovic, and Helvig for next year. So that's six goalies, um, unless you want a starter and backup uh, in in Florida of the ECHL that are good prospects. And you send one NHL guy down to Charlotte and take minutes away from Nedeljkovic's development. They have to pick either Ward or Darling, and then bring in another guy. And then whichever Ward or Darling they don't pick, I think they should get rid of. That's my view. And then you have two prospects for the sake of conversation: Nedeljkovic and Booth and Charlotte. And then you have Helvig starting in Florida. I think that's an ideal situation. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't certainly doesn't make sense to have, you know, six goalies who would all need to be playing because, you know, I, I, I don't know for sure, but I don't I don't think I don't think most teams con- I don't think any teams contract six goalies because then, you know, either the NHL or AHL teams carrying three or your ECHL affiliate, which is usually shared, yeah. you're taking their goalie spots. Yeah. But for the AHL UFAs, we got Smith, Kitchen, Brown, Robertson, Chelios, Samuelson, and Miller. Uh, I'll take that one if you guys yeah. want me to. Jeremy Smith, cut. Uh, for obvious reasons. <laughs> we can make it seven goalies. Hel- he can come back. Yeah, we could. We could. Uh, with the Helvig signing, it makes more sense again. Um, either Booth or Helvig will be in that second spot behind Ned. Uh, and, yeah, there's just no room for him. Kitchen will probably also be cut. He was a good story at the beginning of the year. Um, just not in the organization's future, especially with another draft coming up. Patrick Brown, he's the captain. They're going to keep him. Uh, Dennis Robertson, flip-flop. He's solid, but again, he's not in the long-term future. Um, Samuelson, I don't see him actually staying. Um, I he, I don't think he's shown the organization enough. Um, Chelios will probably stay, and Andrew Miller is probably one of the most productive veteran forwards um, and he works he really was well. Being the AHL in points at one point. Yeah, uh, he he will probably be retained. Um, again, you won't see him being called up to Raleigh anytime soon. Uh, but he is definitely a productive player at the AHL level. So probably keep Andrew Miller um, for the NHL RFAs. And here's I'm going to need you guys' opinions for this. We got Elias Lindholm, Joakim Nordstrom, Phil DiGiuseppe, Valentin Zikoff, Noah Hannafin, Klaus Dahlbeck, and Trevor Van Riemsdyk. Um What do you guys got? Keep or cut? Um, I would say Lindholm, Hannafin, and Van Riemsdyk are no-brainers to keep. Um, Van Riemsdyk doesn't mess up. He's very it's like solid. Amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Like, he doesn't do anything great, but I haven't... There hasn't been one... I can't remember one play this year where I've, like, rolled my eyes and yeah. been like, oh, that was terrible. Like, happens with... Even Slavin's had a good yeah. bit of those moments this year. Um... Yeah, no, I mean, Van Riemsdyk's great. I mean, he's... I wouldn't trust him to be in the top four full-time, but 
Uh, he's elite bottom pairing defenseman, and he can in, fill in in the top four in the case of an injury. Um, yeah. Lindholm, I mean, I just think Lindholm's basically the perfect second line mm-hmm. complementary piece. Yeah, um, he does everything well. He he passes at an elite level. He has a good shot. You could nitpick that he doesn't use it enough, but um, he's going to get you 40 points basically in his sleep. And he's that's, very much a shoe in for that. Yeah, and he's his compete level's high. He plays. He defends pretty well. Um, he's turning them like he's kind of developing a power sure. game too, which is good. Yeah, I mean he's not. I mean he he's not a first liner, but I I think he's like. Just an ideal second liner. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want maybe you don't want him to be the best player on your second line, but uh, there's certainly room on this roster for him. I know Justin disagrees, uh, but um, he's got what this will be his second straight forty point season, coming off thirty nine the two years before that. Uh, he's a he's a forty forty five point guy, pretty easy. Um, yeah, and then who else? Nordstrom cut. Um, he he's an okay penalty killer, but doesn't bring anything else outside of that. And then, uh, you know, you look at the guys, there's more guys who bring more uh, in this organization. Uh, Di Giuseppe, I'm on the fence about. Uh, I think he's, I don't want him in the lineup every day, but um, I don't think he's bad to have around as, as one of your healthy scratches. 13 um, forward guy. Yeah, a 13, 14 forward type guy. I don't think that's a bad role for him at all. Um, Zikov keep, obviously. Uh, am I missing anyone? Uh, Dahlbeck. Yeah, cut. Yeah, yeah, I think he's fine. Like, I don't care if he's like a seventh defenseman, but I do not want him in the lineup every night. Like, he's fine, I guess, as a seventh because he's like, I guess he's like tougher and like he's kind of classified as a defensive defenseman, even though he's not that great defensively. He's just kind of like, I don't know. I think you could do better for a seventh defenseman. I think probably Trevor Carrick would probably even be a little bit more dynamic of an option. Uh, for what he can bring offensively, but yeah. well, that was the discussion in October. We, we, there, there was quite a lot of outrage on old Kane's Twitter uh, when Carrick was sent down uh, at the yeah. end of training. Yeah, I mean he's a good. I, I he's still he's still interesting as a prospect. I think um, like he doesn't have high upside, but you know he from from what we've seen of him, he can be a decent two way guy. He has offensive abilities. He has a really good shot. And like Dahlbeck, he's pretty gritty. You know, he he gets in other people's faces and isn't afraid to, you know, or won't back down from from the physical stuff. So I think he has some value in that. Um, Yeah, he's still an interesting guy. Yeah. Um, For me, yeah, you know, you guys know where I stand with Elias Lindholm. Um, If... But I mean, you, you sign him trade. You yeah. would say to sign him and trade him, right? Sign and trade. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. You, don't you don't cut. <laughs> you don't cut Elias Lindholm. No, no. Bad. He's valuable. Either a sign and trade, or yeah, uh, if you're going to re-sign him, not much higher than what he's already earning. I don't think he deserves. Two point three. Two point seven. It's in the twos. I think it's two point seven. And Terravine's getting 2.86. I look at um, the Terravine and Bridge contract as a problem. Because, I mean, say you went five years, $4 million a year with him after last year. I mean, it, maybe Francis was a little hesitant to do that after what happened with Rask. But 
If Teravine has another year like he's great last year. I mean, yeah, but he's, he's good. Know, 45 points. You you figure you pay 10 million or or 1 million per every 10 point. That would have been a fair deal. Yeah. But now he might be looking at a six seven million dollar contract yeah. uh, when that's already Ajo's a shoe in for that probably yeah. even more. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, yeah. I I I yeah I agree. I think he he could he should and could earn as much as that. Um, last year was a career high, and he's only grown um, in an expanded role this year. So yeah, I, I think he he deserves that. Ajo and Teravine are RFA's both after next year. What if they next get year. matching contracts? Yeah. That's going to be a lot of money. They're buddies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why I would be hesitant to put a ton into UFA this year because you're already you're already giving Hannafin a significant raise. Uh, Slavin and Pesci's raises are kicking in. Um, I mean, probably going to get a raise. Well, then that makes it even more apparent that there's going to be a Jeff Skinner or Justin Falk trade. I think I I think Falk I think Falk should be out the door. I think he should too. I think it should be draft day deal or something like that. You get what Did you get for Justin Falk and move on. I yeah. don't think I, I I feel like like Slavin, Pesci, Hannafin, McEwen, and Jake Bean's coming up too. Bean or Flurry and then Van Riemsdyk could be good enough. Yeah, you have like Bean and because. You have Bean and Van Riemsdyk hypothetically on your third pair. I think that's a really good third pair, uh, assuming Bean even Flurry Van Riemsdyk well. is a good third pair. Yeah, more defensive, and and then if you bring up Bean, then you have a good offensive guy with Van Riemsdyk, who's a good stay at home guy. I think you're fine without Falk. Like if you remove Falk from the roster, you you really like even if you don't get anything back, you don't lose much. Um, you probably you free get a up salary. <laughs> You you, free you could get a forward for him too. Probably a top six. I'd say a top six forward. You could get the guy. You could get the guy to play with Skinner and Lindholm in my situation. I played. I laid out earlier. The X. <laughs> um, I think you yeah. Get what you get for him. Yeah, but especially you know you're going to retain Noah Hannafin in the RFA situation, and I I think definitely TVR is another guy that should be brought back. Um, but yeah, Klaus Dahlbeck, obviously dispensable. Um, but yeah, Bean coming up, and then you have a top fifteen pick this year that could be used towards a defenseman if you need it. I guess. I guess. I mean, it would have <laughs> to be a right-handed defenseman. Correct. Um, There's no need to draft. Yeah, they have they have Slavin, Hanf, and Fleury, and Bean on the left side. Yeah. Yeah. Carrick at that. If yeah, not, I mean, uh, if they trade Falk, they, they you could argue that right-handed defenseman would be the biggest organizational need. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, McEwen's solid. Van Reeves like solid. Pesci's good. He's a top four. None yeah. of them are. None trade of them are. Carlson. None of them Carlson. are offensive. Yeah, trade for Eric Carlson. Yeah. And another thing, outs like this. This organization's depth is top five, nonetheless. Maybe there's no A plus plus prospects in it right now, but even after this draft, it's just going to get even better. Luke Martin's um, a right-handed guy too. He Let's is. Yeah, he turns but... into. I think they're hoping they have another Brett Pesci, but I don't know how likely that is. I think, no. see, the, the thing is, I think if, if you move Falk, you need to replace somehow the idea of Falk, yeah. if that makes sense. The offense? The off, like, what we Eric see Carlson. Falk's offense that he brought until this year. Like, goal scoring. Like, yeah. Or even just a, or even just a dynamic passer. Like, because Hannafin has 10 goals now. That's fine. That's pretty good. Um, I think Bean can be that, but he's not a right-handed guy. Yeah, no, I think you want someone 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you want someone like who can distribute. I mean, you're not looking for Eric Carlson. You're not looking for Chris Letang. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's a power play quarterback on this defense right now. Hannafin's the closest thing, but... I think, um, well, Ryan Murphy, Ryan Murphy was supposed to be that. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. No, out. you if need, Murphy you had need, worked out, that would have been perfect. Actually. You need to replace the idea of Justin Falk with the idea of Ryan Murphy. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll leave it to the new GM to figure out who that player is in practice, but that's, <laughs> that's very kind of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I might be the new GM, so that might be on. That's me. well within the realm of possibility. One second. Let's see here. Um, Free agents this year, Mike Green. Uh, he could be that guy. Yeah, he, I mean, he would he would definitely be better than Falk, probably. He has thirty three points this year in sixty six games. Um, John Carlson, sign John Carlson. He's gonna make so much money. Yeah, he's gonna be. And a I don't very think he's man. He's good, but he's not. Yeah, I know. Um, Roman Polak. There you go. We're good. Yeah, perfect. Power play quarterback yes. right there. Nailed it. <laughs> Look, the last time the Canes brought in a hard-nosed shot blocker from Toronto, they turned him into a, a the power play quarterback. I'm talking about Tim Brent. You do the same <laughs> thing with Roman. Black. Oh no! Oh no! No, I miss Tim Brent. He was a good uh, power play fishing. quarterback. Tim Brent was Kirk Muller's best idea. Kirk Muller had a had a lot of great ideas. He he gave Mike Commissaric power play time. <laughs> that happened. <laughs> he had Mike Commissaric no. had zero career points on the power. And then <laughs> yeah, Kirk, I remember Kirk, that. And then they put him on the power play. Power play time. Oh my goodness! Like thirty-five-year-old Commissaric had no on a power roster play that points. had Falk, McBain, <laughs> Sanganetti. Yep. Anyone who mm-hmm. could do anything offensively, he gave Commissaric some power play time. Tom Sarek was great. He was a good man. Michigan man. And on oh, that awesome. note... Overall, <laughs> Tom Sarek. What? Zero career power play points. Oh, man. How do you even do that? Hang on. Let's 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 do a thing. How many power let's play not. points did... Uh... <laughs> let's, let's look up some defensemen and see how many power... Like, how, like, I mean... Okay, I found a good one. Hal Gill. Oh, man. He had one career power play point. <laughs> oh, no. Let's see. Roman Hammerlick. This is good podcasting. I'm, but no, this is interesting. I'm sorry. Okay, Roman Hammerlick had a lot of career power play points. I'm, that was, I was mistaken there. <laughs> um, Roman Polak. Okay. Five. Five career power play points. Wow. Wow. So he had five and Commissaric had none. So he would have been a better power play guy than Commissaric. That's what, by by infinite measures. And by yeah. You you can't even do the math on that. It's impossible. It's impossible to conceive how much better um Polak is. Commissaric, Commissaric. had played five hundred and fifty one games, recorded eighty one points. Man, how do you not get a power play point in almost 600 games? He had That's seven kind of short-handed points. Wow. Wow, okay. Isn't that so. something? Man, that's incredible. That's like, that's so weird. He just didn't the get the opportunity this... he deserved on the power play. The Let's ending see. of this podcast could be classified as something. Rob Scuderi. Something. 
Okay, Rob Scuderi, zero career power play point. But four shorthanded points. So Commissaric has him beat in the... Commissaric is twice as good as a penalty of a penalty killer than Rob Scuderi, and they're both infinitely as I want to see a Scuderi... Okay, dream power play unit. Scuderi. Oh, boy. McClement. We need well, we need two more forwards because it's, it's Scuderi, Commissaric. Are we doing four? No, three forwards, forwards two and defensemen. Okay. Scuderi and Commissaric. McClement. Oh. Colt Moore. Would be bad. I wonder if he had a power play point. Put him at the net for, on the power play, and he I'm scored so a goal. Sorry, Justin. It's okay. It's okay. Um, oh, Colton Moore, zero career. Power all right, play. all right, all right, Kyle. No, that's <laughs> enough. That's enough. Thank you. Okay. Anyway, um, on a serious note, though, to end this podcast, um, Jordan Stahl was chosen as the Hurricanes nominee for the Masterson Trophy, which is normally given out to a player who best exemplifies the qualities of perseverance, perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to ice hockey. Now, for me. Uh, I'll say this final word. Um, he is a guy that definitely fits that agenda um, to go through what he did and come back and play for a team that's out of the playoffs, even just come back in general um, is very admirable. Um, I, I'm biased, but I I would like for him to win that award. Um, you know, I, of course I'd like for him to win any award, um, but mm-hmm. he definitely uh, fits those qualities and we wish him all the best. Of course, yeah, um, he definitely. He definitely deserves uh, the honor that he already got from the Carolina chapter of the PHWA. But uh, yeah, I'd like to see him win it too, and I'd also like to see him be the only captain of the team. I think he should be the only person wearing a C on his chest for the Carolina Hurricanes next year. But that's just my opinion. Agreed. And with that, we will say goodbye. Um, you can, as always, follow us at Canes Country um, on Twitter. Like us on Facebook, but don't like us too much because maybe they'll give away your data. Um, <laughs> then you can also check our stuff out at canescountry.com. Um, you can follow Kyle at Kate underscore more in nine, Brett Finger at Brett Finger. Easy enough. Um, me at Lanky Lape. Um, and yeah, as always, thank you for uh, listening. Uh, definitely subscribe. Tell your friends about it, too. Review on iTunes. Review on iTunes, please. Let's just get that last review. I want to give away that Jordan Stahl photo. I do. (laughs) I really do. So let's get it happening. Um, Thank you for all the people who did review already. That was great. Um, And, yeah, with that, we will say goodbye. Bye. Bye.